0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you like talent, you're in the right place. Welcome back to another episode of the Talent Factor Podcast. I'm your co-host, Damian Parson, with my guy, my brother, Keith Sanchez. Keith, what's up, baby?
1: Mike, check, Mike, check. My mic is hot, so you know it's time to talk some football, DP. How you, how you doing?
0: Man, doing good, doing good, man. You know, just really getting ready for the weekend, bro. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we just come back from ACC Media Day, so we got some ACC stuff to talk about, and I'm excited about that. And, you know, it's like I said, it's just been a lot going on, Keith. Like... Just trying to stay trying to stay cool, man. It's hot out here in South Carolina. And I'm pretty sure it's hot for you too over there in uh in Houston. So oh, but, man, uh, it's
1: it's a hundred degrees every every day. No oh. lies. It's either a 100, 102, or one oh three. Is it's it's somewhere in between there. So
0: I'm not gonna lie to you. You know, I we don't live too far from the mountains in Asheville and we get snow in the winter. And I in the moment when it snows, I'm I'm really upset because I got a shovel and stuff. But in these moments, I actually prefer it. Like, this is, this is unreal at what we deal with. But but let's before we get started, let's get a quick shout-out to our partners over at Ben Online as they continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. With training camp right around the corner, BetOnline has opened up odds for team wins, division futures, and of course, the Super Bowl. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe B-L-E-A-V to get the bonus and get into the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Keith, and when you talk about game starting, man, um... At the ACC media day, you know, me and Joe was there for two days. Got to hear from every coach, uh, the new coaches and the established ones. And I, I want to kick it off, man. Pat Narduzzi, the head coach at Pitt, he brought some heat to the to the podium, Keith, and he had some interesting takes. And I'm gonna read a couple quotes. They all, they, they asked him about Jordan Addison and his decision to transfer and and move on to USC, and <laughs> Narduzzi said. And I quote, we helped him win the Bolitnikov and be the player he is today. He, is one of, he had one of the best quarterbacks in the country throwing the football every day. I think, I, I think sometimes people forget how they got where they are.
1: Ooh.
0: In quote. Ooh. I, Ooh. Yeah. It, it doesn't uh-uh. stop there, though, Keith. It don't stop there. Just, this man was in a little bit of a role. You know, it was a little bit of a role. He talked about the Big Ten, and he said he wasn't impressed with the Big Ten, saying that if the Pitt Panthers would have they would have won the Peach Bowl against Mrs., uh, not Mississippi against Michigan State if Kenny Pickett had played. And he said, and I quote, "If that's one of the best Big Ten teams, let's go to the Big Ten and win it every year." Mm. End quote. Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Narduzzi man. came. He came with not not just ready for the smoke. This man brought every every bit of the ingredients to start a forest fire. Yeah. Like he Come did not care. He won't. Yeah, he will Who won't smoke with us? And he stood up there, chest just embroiled it out, shoulders drew back. He was ready to talk his talk and get it off his chest of how he really felt about things, Keith. So with those two quotes. How are you? How do you feel about first of all the take about Jordan Addison that we helped, not Jordan Addison's work. Now you, you know, not none of that. We helped. You had the best quarter, one of the best quarterbacks in the country that helped you win the, and the cough and got you where you are today.
1: If I'm a Pit fan. I love it, right? I'm like, oh yeah, that's my coach. You know, like I'm riding for him every single time, right? For yep. well, me not being a Pitt fan, being a college football <laughs> fan, majority, um, you know, I asked the question like, is is Kenny Pickett coming back, right? Like he he plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers now, not the Pittsburgh Panthers. He doesn't play for you anymore. So I hope the transfer quarterback that y'all got coming in, um, is 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 pretty decent, right? So I'm gonna start there. Now let's rewind the, to your initial quote talking about Jordan Addison. Uh, the, the 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 it started off with what, um, we have a quarterback. Well, we had a quarterback throwing him the football, right? Is it possible that Jordan Addison said that quarterback is not here anymore, right? Like, is, is that is that possible? You had him there, right? That's past tense. Kenny Pickett is gone. Kenny Pickett is not there. Kenny Pickett will never play for the Pittsburgh Panthers ever again, right? Like he is no longer suited up for them. And if you are a wide receiver, that is the most Dependent position on a football field, meaning that you can run every route, great route, get all the separation you want to, but if the quarterback does not get you the football, it does not matter, right? So what Jordan Addison did, Jordan Addison, he made a decision for himself. And am I mad with him? No, because if Nick Saban retires next year and the Alabama boosters go after Pat Narduzzi and say we want you to be our guy, you know what he's gonna do? He's going to call his guys in there. He's going to have a meeting with him, say, I love y'all. I really appreciate y'all, but I got to do his best for my family, right? And he's, he's going to get the hell heavy. out of there. Yeah, yeah that, that too heavy. Too heavy. And <laughs> guess what? That's what Jordan Addison said. He, he gave Pitt time, right? He gave Pitt time to match this offer. Whatever USC is about to give me, I'm going to give you time to match this offer. How about this, right? The transfer portal is open. At least go give me a quarterback that I feel like can get me the football. It, this may not be just a monetary decision, right? Like it, it comes down to Jordan Addison wanting to replicate what he did, right? And and and, and, and congrats to that guy for being self-aware enough. How many times have we went through the draft process, and we one year we have a guy slated as a first-round pick, he goes, he plays especially at the wide receiver position, right? Things don't necessarily go his way. It's an injury, offensive coordinator change, head coach change, quarterback change, and then he doesn't have the same year, and then now that same wide receiver is going in the third round. How many times have we seen that happen, right? Like, he was the, the, the Bolitnikoff winner last year. And people still don't really know him. If you kind of get what I'm saying, like it's not like his name is is completely relevant all throughout college football. There are some casual college football fans that you would say Jordan Addison, and they won't know who he is. So that just goes to show, like, man, this can it can happen for you fast, and it can happen to you fast in the sense of the fact of you losing it all, right? So I, I thought Pat Narduzzi, he, he came off it it just, it came off sour. At the end of the yeah. day, like you, 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 we always want the the players to um, show high character, be exemplary exemplary people. Yeah, be professionals. Uh, you know, be down for your brothers. We're family. Everything else, right? And then you turn and on a media day, you make it about about that, right? Like, and you had the opportunity. If you knew you were losing Jordan Addison, how many times did we say, "Man, they got a transfer wide receiver in the portal," right? Like you, Pat Nolan as a head coach, he did his job, and now it's just time that Jordan Addison does, does his job. Like he he did what was best for him. So I, I thought that that was kind of I, I don't even want to be harsh in it, but I, I it was let's let's say let's go with this word. It was distasteful because I it it, it seems one of those things where, um, you know, if you're for me, you're for me. Um, and, and you're if you're helping me, I'm with you. But if you're not helping me, then I don't really, you know, care for you. And I, I, I didn't like that. And, and I generally, I like how Pat Narduzzi comes off as a head coach. Yeah. But I, I, I really disliked um, that that comment.
0: It, it didn't start with those two quotes either, Keith. And I think this, this next one kind of goes into what well, you said. It's, it's more than just the NIL stuff for for Addison. So he also lost his offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple. Yep. And then he also lost his wide receiver coach, who was Brendan Marion. And when he talked about, he was asked about Mark Whipple, and this was his quote, our old offensive coordinator had no desire to run the ball. Everybody knew it. he was stubborn. Wake Forest was 118th in run defense. We threw the ball every down. We ran it. We ran it for 10 yards, but that wasn't good enough, end quote. And it's just like, like, did you, It's it's like, man, could you, like, show some type of like you talk about professionalism. Like this came up like I remember when I heard it, I was like, man, like this sounds kind of like I said sour. I said this sounds like a bad breakup. And you know, and, and compared to when we heard Dabo talk about they, they asked him about Tony Elliott taking the job at, at UVA at Virginia. He said, man, me and Tony talked and Tony had a lot of different potential offers and I told him uva is the best spot for you from a from a fit culture fit uh because because of the fact that tony Elliott is so intelligent and how he can really help that program so forth and so on and it was just like a whole different it was like a little a whole different type of vibe rather than with narduzzi it felt like a broken like a a bad relationship that uh, a relationship that went bad and it broke up and now you trashing all the flaws of your of your ex, and it's just like the the way that he came off with of a lot of this stuff, man. And that like I said, losing losing Whipple and Brendan Marion, I think that played a part in Addison leaving too. You losing two really good coaches. Brendan Marion was his direct coach as a wide receiver right. coach. That right. really, and I've I've seen some of the, their practice tape and and what Marion was instilling in these kids in terms of route running, creating separation, and then you watch the tape of Addison and it all translated. So now you don't have him anymore. He's going to Texas, which if you remember, Addison was also looking at Texas also. He was he was looking at the University of Texas yeah, he before was. he decided yep. to go to USC. So it's like, you know for a fact that th- if, he's, if he's got his eyes on Texas and USC, there's a connection between him and, and Coach Marion. And he, that's why he was looking at Texas hard. Like, man, Coach did a lot for me. Coach really helped me get to, he really helped me up my game and take it to another level. And, and when you talk about the quarterback, I'm going to be completely honest. You know, we, we keep it 100 here on the Talent Factor podcast. Keith, I've watched Kenny Pickett's tape, and Kenny Pickett was a solid quarterback. He went first round. I'm not going to say nothing about that. But Addison helped him out a ton, Keith. Right. Like all the stuff that people wanted and, and, and loved about Kenny Pickett and some of the throws. Yeah, Addison made some great plays in the football. Addison was getting open. He made some contested catches. Some of those passes that lost steam as it's going 40, trying to get 50, 60 yards downfield, Addison adjusted, stopped on the dime, came back and made a play on the football and helped his quarterback. So it was a two-way street. And to hear Narduzzi talk about how they, as the program, and Kenny Pickett took him and helped him become the Blitnikoff Award as if Addison didn't help your offense, he didn't help your quarterback,
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, he definitely
0: helped. Nothing, nothing, He did benefited y'all. It was just, it was just weird. Like you said, distasteful and sour all together.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, the, the coordinator comment is, is crazy too. Because usually, as a head coach, you're supposed to be happy for your coordinators. Um, you know, like because that's your coaching tree, right? Like there's somebody yeah. that coached up under you, and then now they have the opportunity to move on and become a head coach. So that I, I think that's that's at. And this is a simple word, but it, it's weird, right? Like at the end of the yeah. day, it, it just comes off as weird, and I, I don't, I don't care for it. Um, and, and this is the thing: I hope that he didn't wait to ACC media days to voice those frustrations with those people. You know, don't, don't, don't get in 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 on in front of ACC media and then you know say those type of things. I'm one of those guys. Like, if you don't say anything in the media that you're not going to say. To somebody in person, right, and and right. I think that that's what it comes off is, is that is that I hope that you repeated and 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 displayed your frustration with both of those guys, um, you know, in that moment also, um, you know, to their face and, and didn't just do it in front of ACC media days because it's tough for those guys to respond to that.
0: No, for sure. Like I said, it just was you know one of the biggest takeaways from ACC media just how how he how he handled it, right? Because and the crazy part about it, the first question was do you want to expound on your comments about the Big Ten? Because he's made these comments prior to. You know what I mean? Right. When he made the comments about the Big Ten, he made those comments prior to ACC Media Day, and it got flowed around, and that, that reporter had no no question. He had no problem answering, asking that off the rip. Like, that reporter asked him. He was like, and he started off, he was like, do you want to expound on your, on your statement? He was like, not really. And then he decided to continue and go on, and then I think he's done some radio... Appearances, senses, and he's continued to double down on a lot of this stuff. But it was a tale of it was a tale of two different coaches. Uh, you know, when you talk about at the podium, and I'm talking about Boston College's coach Heffley, man. I'm sitting there, Keith, and, and you know, both of us have played and been around the game for for our our entire life almost. And Coach Heffley is a guy that I would run through a wall for, Keith like that that passionate coach he's accountable and and one of the things he talked about he talked about uh Phil Dracovic only having 50 percent grip strength when he came back after the hand injury after the doctor cleared him and, and having to make that have that difficult discussion that and that that and make that decision on when to start when to let him come back into the lineup right then he then he talked about the fact he said I hurt this team last year like one thing we always talk we always hear when we talk about coaches is coaches typically don't always tell the truth. Like that's just, it's just a nature for them. Right. Not to be, not to be completely honest. And he was completely honest. He said, I focused so much on the defensive side of the ball last year. I didn't focus enough on the offense. And that's basically, he said that's his bread and butter. And he looked over at Zay Flowers, just passionate as can be yelling into the mic, just this young man, I'm giving him the football a whole lot more this season. And he talked about the fact that his quote was, Zay's not going to be able to go out and have fun after football games this season. Because that's how tired he's going to be after receiving the ball so many times. <laughs> <laughs> and the only thing Zay could do is just smile, man. Like, because he's like, I- I'm-, I'm trying to give him the ball in creative ways. In-, in every way I can, I want him to touch the ball as a return man in the punt and kick return game. Give it to him, maybe some handoffs, throw it to him. Whatever we got to do to get our best playmaker the football. And, and I'm telling you, man, just the way the, the glowing respect and love he had for his players, but then to also be self-aware and to be accountable of what you could control. Yeah, you can't control Phil Dracovic breaking his hand or having a hand injury, but you can control, even when the new quarterback comes in, how you design plays to get your best player, who is Zay Flowers, the football, right? We talked, we, we, we talked about Percy Harvin before. When he was at Florida, they used him in every way, shape, and form. He was their best offensive weapon. So what are we going to do? We're going to get you the ball any way, shape, or form we can. Last year, you know, Traylon Burks coming into the draft, mm-hmm. what did Arkansas do? Arkansas was like, I mean, yeah, we can use you as a normal receiver, but how is that helping us? <laughs> we're going to put you at H back. We're going to put you at full back. We're going to put you wherever we can, and then we to get you the ball in advantageous situations, man. So I really – I'm telling you, Keith, like I'm big on – Coach Heffley, and I'm excited to watch Boston College this coming season. Well, for, first of all, they're in my region, so I have to watch them. But I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really excited to watch them now.
1: Nah, man, I I, I think that that's good. I guess it's, that's good coach talk, right? And not in the sense of the fact of that you feel like he said <clears throat> all of the things correct politically, but he he said the right things, kind of standing up for his guys, right? Because you know how much players take on a daily basis, right? And at the end of the day, you are the more mature adult. Like, so could he have thrown Phil Jerkovic under the bus and said, oh, well, he didn't do this and he didn't do that and Zay needs to work on his contested catchability and, you know, just kind of do those type of things, but he didn't. He said, look, man, we were not good as a team last year. We could be way better. I'm going to figure it out. And, and that's what you want from the leader, right? Because at the end of the day, you're you're going to get credit, right, in the sense of the fact of – um, Coach has been getting NIL deals at, at the okay. end of the day, right? It's called their contract, so you're going to get paid, you know, pretty handsomely if y'all win the ACC or go to the ACC Conference Championship, right? So, like, like they say, man, to who, to who much is given, much is expected, slash, much is required, right? At the end of the yep. day, um, and I, and I think that he did a very good job and and represented the program well, right? Like, because when you, I don't want to bring up back Patton or Doozy, but Look, at the end of the day, man, you 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 are out there to represent who you stand for, what is what your program is about, and to really set the tone, right? Like and, and the tone is not to go in, and say that we're gonna win 12, 13 games, but it's 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 the culture, right? Like and if we're still talking about Jordan Addison, a guy that left three, four months ago, then what are we talking about in the building? If you get what I'm saying. Like you know, if we're still talking about that now, you don't think the wide receivers are talking about that? You don't think the quarterback is talking about that, so um, I, I think that Coach Heffley did a really good job of kind of turning the page. Like, look, that's what it was. That's what we're addressing, and then now here comes you know 2022 football season, and 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 let's move forward. Let's let's figure this thing out.
0: Now, one hundred percent, and and then when you factor in, you know, his talk about how he wants to get the football, and they have a new uh offensive coordinator. The name is blank. is blanked my mind at the moment, but when I remember when I was reading up on on the new OC, go back into his history. He was on the the Rutgers, uh, you know, offense. He was the office coordinator at Rutgers years ago, where they were the under Greg Schiano, where they were the first. Team, I think in NCAA history, have a four thousand yard passer, a two thousand yard rusher, and then two thousand yard receivers. So this is a, a guy who know and he runs kind of a, uh, I think more of a spread kind of some tempo in terms of his concepts. Which last year BC ran more kind of the under center stuff, and they did go to some shotgun, but they ran some more pro style stuff. So it's going to be just interesting to see all together, and the stock may be up for for the young man in Zay Flowers and Coach Effley clearly wants everyone to know that's how he feels about it and that his stock should be up and that he should be looked at as one of the best receivers, not just in the ACC, but in the country, but sticking in the ACC, Debo Sweeney, you know, we all seen many press conferences from this man. He's a character, you know what I mean? And and listening to him, uh, it was fun, man. My, My first time really seeing him in person, and, you know, one of the thing, biggest takeaways I took from him, similar to to, to what we talked about with Heffley just now, that's support. One of the reporters asked him, on the, on the fan message boards, which I didn't know that was an actual thing anymore. I thought that was back in the, like, the early 90s. <laughs> 50, the but he said, on the fan message boards, fans want DJU, the starting quarterback from Clemson, who was first-year starter last year, benched. And he said, how do you feel about that? And he was like, he he owned, he was like, yeah, DJ has to play better. But he said, man, when I had, had, you know, Watson, I had Trevor, both of these cats, both of these kids, young in their careers made mistakes and made big mistakes. He said, me as a second year coach, we won six games. People wanted me fired. He said, you fast forward years later, we've won national title. We've been a prominent team and, then this past season we won 10 games and they still want me fired again. He was like because we've built a standard. He's like so you really can't please people but in terms of the difference between what Deshaun and Trevor went through, he said we were better around those two kids. Like it wasn't hey we could when they make when they throw interceptions or they make mistakes, it's let's magnify what the quarterback did they were able to rebound because they had better receivers, better offensive line, Travis Etienne in the backfield, so forth and so on. Um, <clears throat> uh, Trevor, well, not Trevor, but uh, Deshaun had Hunter Hunter Renfro, who was routing up any and everybody, and he still does that in the NFL to this day. So it's like, and I, I saw him in high school. You know what I'm saying? He, he was even da- more dangerous than trying to watch kids, watch kids of his age try to cover him in high school. But you don't have a receiver, and we studied this receiver class's offense from Clemson this past draft, and, and even in summer they didn't have a guy that they could rely on offensively. Their best weapon was their freshman running back Will Shipley, and just to hear him be honest about it, like we got to do better around him and for him, and and I know I get it. He's got a five star sitting behind him, Keith, but we've talked about it. We talked about it months ago. When we heard about him losing weight and me being able to see him in person, he lost the weight. And then, to, to, like I said, to take away one of your terms, one of the, one of the things that you say, kind of that that baby fat, that fluff, a little bit, he lost that Keith. And, and I'm excited just for what this team is going to look like offensively because we know their defense is loaded. They're going to be able to stay in every game because of the defense, right? Also, they play in the, in the ACC, so it does that doesn't hurt. But <laughs> but that doesn't hurt. But they got some quarterbacks to play in the ACC, but it's still an ACC, right? So, but for me, man, I'm, I'm excited to see what this offense will look like this season. And just shout out to 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 coach for back in his second, going into his second, you know, years of starter DJ Hughes, back in his starting quarterback, man.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm, and I, I think that's what needs to be highlighted, right? The fact of uh, DJ Uagalele. that's what needs to be highlighted because I, I, and we, you know, we just got off a spirited call also, you know, talking about this. And And I think you have to look at everything in context. Like, you know, like this guy was supposed to be next up after Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, then it's supposed to be him, right? But the question is, is everything else around him Solid too, right? Like, and that makes a difference when you're winning games. Like you said, the standard at Clemson has been national championship or bus. They won ten games last year, and people are mad. Ten games, like ninety five to ninety nine percent of college football fans would be happy if their, um, you know, if their team won ten games. Now, look, I get it, right? Because the standard is championship, and that's what you still should strive for. But guess what? You don't hit on all cylinders. Every single time, right? Like when you talk about that Alabama team from a couple of years ago when Tua got hurt, right? Then Mac had to step in, and then they what they lost to they lost to LSU and then Mac got hurt. And I mean uh Tua got hurt and then they lost to Auburn too, right? Like that's so that that's two losses in a season, but then they rebounded and then they got better. So I think that man, I and and with DJU, I'ma say this. I'm not ready to um, turn the page on him like everybody else is yet like because the, the physical tools are there and we've seen him do it one time before. So let's see if he can do it again, right? Like, like okay, he had a bad year. Now let's see if he can rebound. Let's see if he can mentally get everything together. And let's see if he can rebound because, man, if the, like all the physical tools are there. Like I saw so you can't just throw that away, um, you know, from a talent perspective. And this is a guy that's played high-level football in California. Him and Bryce Young used to go at it. He was at St. John Bosco. Bryce is at modern day. So he's used to high-caliber football, right? So it's like, man, what? You know what happened. Let's figure it out, and then we know we have a a, a a greatly talented quarterback. And then let's try to move forward with that. But like like Dabo said, let's get better as a team from the the plays we call um, to you know the offensive linemen to the wide receiver to defensively. Let's get better on that side of it. So I'm I'm I that that made me feel better hearing Dabble Sweeney talk about it from that perspective because I think that should have been the conversation. And that's that, you know. DJU, look, we, he didn't play well last year, but let's turn the page and let's let's see what happened this year. And he's a he's a dark horse. DJU is a dark horse for me as far as a guy that can really rise up the quarterback rankings.
0: Absolutely, Key. I mean, and he does have two seasons left of eligibility. But I think one of the also things that we get lost in the, in the trans, trans translation when we talk about quarterbacks is that the context of what's around them, man. Like Justin Herbert, legitimately. People were so down on him his final year at Oregon. But then you go back and look at what he was surrounded with compared to what he's surrounded with now, like his skill set couldn't be fulfilled to the way that it is now because he didn't have the pieces t- that work for him. Those big back shoulder fade. I remember talking to a DB that played Clemson uh multiple times. He said, Man, you know, Trevor's Trevor's a great quarterback. But the the way that they recruit, they recruit big body receivers that gonna play the ball in the air and, and play physical. That's the type of receivers he likes. DJU's not that type of quarterback. He's the type of guy that's more I want I, I want separators. I want guy that can guys that can win on their own. You don't just need me. So that's how I look at it for me. It's just more so like I I think that like I'm with you. I'm on I'm on the DJU train too. We talked about it months ago, man. I think this this kid has all the talent in the world. You you don't you don't, you're not at St. John Bosco for nothing. You know what I mean? Like this ain't no just regular high
1: school. This is this is what this is for me. This is where I met with DJU, right? Like prove to me you're bad. You know, like yeah. like I, I've seen you're really good. Right? Prove to me you're that bad. Like I, I need to make sure. Like I, I need some, some clarification on this because <laughs> I've seen glimpses of really good. So I need you to prove to me that you're bad before I move on. Because like I said, man, it's, it's hard. It's really hard as a, a head coach, as an offensive coordinator. I was as talent evaluators, just to turn the page on that guy and say, you know what, he just flat out can't play football. So DJU, you, this should prove it. Proving you for me, proving me sure. you're good. Proving, I need you to prove to me you're that bad if you want me to turn the page on. You.
0: And you could tell sitting sitting in there and watching the reaction and how how he handled it and watching how the players looked at him. They 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 appreciated him backing up their quarterback KJ Henry their, their you know fifth six year senior defense man was in there you know all those guys that were with them they appreciated that so it, it's just a change of pace but talk about changing the pace real quick as we get ready to close this bad boy out Keith Mario Cristobal leaves Oregon goes back where he played college ball in Miami and he was asked why why did you retire the the, the turnover chain and he said. Well, first of all, I think the media makes more about it or thinks more about it than I do. But I like this answer because – don't get me wrong. I like the turnover chain, Keith. I think it was fun seeing the kids have fun. It's like, okay, we're rewarding them for something. But what he talked about was we're more focused now. We're more focused on the game, on getting better at day after day, the technique, the fundamentals, as individual players getting better at the craft and that's kind of – it's almost like a business mindset, right? Like, yeah, it's fun and everything is cool, but he's, he's more he's, – he's trying to get Miami back to that respectable landscape of college football. You talk about nostalgia, yeah. that's Florida State, Miami, Texas, USC. So yeah. I didn't mind it too much. How, what are your thoughts real quick on just him retiring the turnover chain?
1: When I seen this, all I said was finally – Right? Like it it needed to end at some point because if, if, I I believe that they went from a turnover chain to they did, I don't know if they did a grill one time, then they went to like brass knuckles or something. And it was like, all right, come on, like, like, how much drill do we have, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, And then not only that, Miami was one of the first teams to do it. But then now everybody's doing it. Right. Like once everybody's doing it, there's no nostalgia to it. Right. It's not unique to Miami. And I agree with Crystal Ball saying, let's get back to the basics, man. At the end of the day, in the the sense of the fact of you you almost shouldn't even be rewarded by putting on a damn chain for getting a a turnover (laughs) like you're supposed to do on defense. Right. Like that's what you're supposed to do. This shouldn't be turnover chain driven to to get a interception right or to get a sack or to force a fumble that should be within you that should be instilled within you to like you know what we're going ball out we're going to do our thing we're going to dominate this game as a defense it should not be motivated by a turnover chain and let's be completely honest the turnover chain didn't help Miami wasn't that good and this is coming from somebody that I, I wouldn't say a Miami fan. But I, I, I like when Miami's good, right? And, yes. and it's really because I, I like the city of Miami. You know, there's, a, yeah. there's warm weather. There's, there's a lot of The location. Out there, you
0: know? so, the location, Yeah, right? the
1: location. Location <laughs> matters, baby. Um, and, and everything that comes with Miami. You know, the Port of 305. I, I appreciate Miami. So I like when Miami's good. But the thing is this. They haven't been that good, right? Like when you think of the days, we've had two 30 for 30 documentaries, right? And we had one from the '80s, you know, that was Warren Sapp, Alonzo Highsmith, Michael Irvin, right? Then you fast forward 15 years, then we had one with, um, you know, that was Andre Johnson and uh, Adrian Phillips and Warren, uh, you know, and those guys. And so it was about winning. Still, at the end of the day, they still won national championships. So, you know, I, I think Miami in the past they wanted to get into that boasting and bragging. The U is back. The U is back. Well, man, you only could be back if you winning. <laughs> That's the only way you can be back. Like you can't be back right. if you lose it. And I'm I'm I've gotten tired of the headlines and is Miami, is USC another team that I appreciate. Obviously, it's the location. Uh-huh. Um I'm tired of hearing that they're back, right and then they're not getting back because it just it lets me down like it disappoints me because I want them to be back right like I like college football with USC and Miami is very good, right so man i i I appreciate it and the reason why he did it, I, I 100% agree with it, man. Like, we need to get back to football. We need to get back to these pads cracking. We need to get back to, you know, just playing the game. And and, and instead of committing to a chain, let's commit to each other. Let Commit to yourselves. Commit to being great. And then that's how we're going to, you know, we, we'll hope – like, and worry about getting a national championship ring, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're not worrying about no, no, no turnover chain. Let's worry about getting that national championship jewelry. That's what we should be motivated by.
0: That was a great recruitment speech, Keith, because – you know, you I, know I, I,
1: I, I I tapped in. I tapped back in.
0: I'm like, you know what, man? I'm all in. Let's let's. I'm all in. we're Moving to LSU. Let's make it happen. You know, I'm
1: back in, baby. You know what I'm saying?
0: You know, my dad likes beignets. We gonna make it happen. We gonna do whatever it takes. But <laughs> no, nah, I agree with you, man. I think you know, for me, it's just like. Imagine how many blown coverages happen in the secondary because somebody chasing the interception, jumping routes because he wanted to wear the turnover chain. So I'm all with it. I'm I'm, like I'm with you, man. I want USC. I want Tech. You know me. I've already said I'm on Team Texas. I want Texas to be back. I want Miami to be back, man. It's just great for college football. But again, guys, as always, that is our show as we kind of broke down some of the takeaways from the ACC kick off in their media days uh that me and shout out to my right tackle our guy joe marino uh you know one of the top guys one of the top guys over at the draft dudes uh so shout out to him we and him spent the past two days together you know at the event and just taking notes and and, and just being in amongst the, the the crowd and having fun with it but as always we thank you guys so much for all the support uh find us on apple podcast spotify uh, subscribe share leave a five-star review like do all that good stuff um as always this is another another episode of the talent factor podcast i'm your co-host Damian parson with my guy keith sanchez and keith tell them the slogan baby
1: remember talent is always the factor
0: thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform